This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. And maybe you're a new listener because you're part of our new network, Maximum Fun. Welcome. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm the host of the show, Query, and we interview LGBTQ plus luminaries across, oh, I don't know, media, television, film, music. We've had an astronaut on. I always mention that because that thrills me. So today's episode is a chat with Emily Billigus and Mara Herb Kurzman. They own a wine bar. A lesbian, sapphic, inclusive wine bar here in Los Angeles called the Ruby Fruit. I've been hearing a lot about it. I stopped in not too long ago. I love this chat because for me, queer spaces are so important. Like that's why this show is important. So anyway, so happy to be here on Maximum Fun. So happy for my relationship with my new engineer, Valerie. I have been working with my old engineers on the show Jordan and my producer Matt for like such a long time. And I got to take them out for some tacos and say goodbye. And now, honestly, Valerie, great smiles, lots of chuckles. I think we're going to get along really well. Also, producer Sierra has come with me. So shout out to Sierra, because honestly, as you know, if you've been a long term listener, I never know what is going on. And so we love Sierra because she makes sure that I have any idea what is happening with the show at all. Um, Best way to stay in touch with me because I'm also a touring stand-up comic is to go check out my Instagram. Um, I always post everything that I'm doing up there, but hey, I will be in Bur Burbank. Yeah, that's right. Burbank, California, July 20th. I will be in Los Angeles, California, July 26th. And I will be in New York at Joe's Pub. Really exciting venue, um, August 16th through 20th. So you can come see me live. Get tickets at CameronEsposito.com slash tour. I also just want to thank um, Jesse, who I've known for a very long time, and Bikram for helping me to transition over to this new network, Maximum Fun, where I've had shows in the past and been a guest in the past and honestly gone on a cruise. Yeah. Oh, I've also done Max FunCon. It doesn't matter. I have known and loved this network for a long time, and I'm super excited to be here. Enjoy the episode. All right. Um, cool. We're just going to hop right into it. So I always have guests on the podcast introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourselves? My name is Emily Billigas. I own and operate the wine bar, The Ruby Fruit. And my name is Mara Herb Kurzman. I am um, Emily's business partner and co-owner at the Ruby Fruit and the chef. So this is really an exciting new spot in LA. I, I just stopped in uh, maybe two weeks ago because, um, I mean, this is like just a, <laughs> this is like a unpaid for shout out, but I do like a brand partnership with Wild Fang. And I also know the owner and we're friends and all this stuff. And so Wild Fang for me has long been like, it's like a little queer zone on a certain part of Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles for anybody who's not living here. Um, you know, that's a clothing company that does like some 
like gender neutral stuff. It, like, you know, it's owned by an out queer person. Like it just feels really in my wild like thing. a place I've long felt comfy. Or wait, are you wearing wild thing? Always, yeah. <laughs> we we also we also have a a partnership with them and I yeah. live in Wild Fang, so. Right. Yeah. And so the ruby fruit is in the I don't know if it's like would you call it a strip mall? Or oh, would yeah. you call that little zone? We very it's, openly say strip mall. We love the word cool. strip mall. Yeah. yeah. So it's in a little strip mall that's right across the street um and down a few businesses from Wild Fang. Um, and so that was really fun because I was there to stop in. And then I've been hearing about the Ruby Fruit for so long and it just felt like, what a day I'm having. Because I like walked over <laughs> and the place had just like just opened. Like it was like 11.01 or something like that in the morning or whatever time you open. It was like, I was like the yep. first customer in there and they were like hauling in crates of something. Yeah. And I yep. got that was just me. like a nice coffee. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, you were hauling <laughs> hauling in, in yeah, crates. And like, that's, yeah, my job title is crate hauler. Yeah, and I just like sat at the bar and had like a really <laughs> nice little coffee and kind of chatted about like how's it going in here, you know, and mm. and asked some questions about um, the success of the of the of the bar and restaurant um, because mm. I have heard such good things and you know obviously mm. always very ear to the ground about places that I could go in patronize and like feel really stoked about mm. um visiting so that was that's my experience with the establishment loved it felt like really cute let's actually talk real quick about the decision to open it there because i i actually i also think it's really cool that it's in a strip mall can you talk to me about that decision like why there why that neighborhood maybe giving folks a little background about your choice in opening there I mean, some of it was just um, purely like by chance because Emily and I had both been working at the restaurant that was there previously. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. 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 We <laughs> took over the restaurant where we were employees. <gasps> Wait, what was the restaurant? It was called Azette. I don't think I ever ate there. Okay. It was there for about three years. Um, it opened right before the pandemic. And um, yeah, they just kind of couldn't make it through after the pandemic. What were your roles there? I was the general manager and wine director and opened the restaurant with the owners who were dear friends of mine in 2019. And I was a server and bartender. Wow. And so when did you know, the two of you know, that you wanted to take over that space? I mean, we we had been scheming and dreaming, literally just dreaming about opening a sapphic space together. But it all, like the reality of actually doing it in that particular space happened very quickly. Um, and very unexpectedly. Very unexpectedly, yes. Uh, I think it was, I think they, the owners approached you, Mara, in November of yeah, 2022? November 2022. Um, they came to me and they said they were closing the restaurant and they knew that um, – it's always been like my goal to open my own place. And Emily and I had been talking about doing this and like truly, as she said, daydreaming. Um, and the reality became real very quickly when it was like, oh, this is something we can actually do now. Because we had an idea to do a completely different concept. We were going to do a sapphic space, but we didn't, it wasn't going to be in this space and it wasn't going to be this concept. And so we shifted like very quickly to make it work for this space. What was the other concept? Um, it was called... Big Al's sip and bite, uh -huh. <laughs> and it was very um, like, like our mood. Too. 
Yeah. It was, I mean, honestly, cute space could happen one day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Our, yeah. Mood, our mood board was literally just, like, scenes from the movie Desert Hearts. Like, Oh, that, it's one yes. of my favorite movies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like, country western-ish. Okay, fine. I'll invest. Just, like, loop back in with me <laughs> when you're Perfect. planning that. Two and years. I'm happy to be sort of a silent partner. Okay. Great. Um, <laughs> you can, you're on. Yeah. We won't forget it. <laughs> No, please don't. I'm, I couldn't be more serious. Uh, because, you know, for a long time in L.A., um, when I've heard about folks having this interest, honestly, I have this is not the first folks that I've reached out to and mm-hmm. um, offered some like support and partnership. Like I've thrown stand up shows that were partially mm-hmm. fundraisers. You know, I really believe in um, supporting. And when there was. um cuties which Mm, uh was like a coffee shop that was like Mm -hmm. a sapphic but like heavily trans inclusive space Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i like had those owners on the show and i you know went there and patronized it personally you know because for me it's really important to if i have money to spend on coffee it's important to me to you know try to go out of my way to to give it to y'all um, so Thank I'm you. super yeah. grateful for your choice to take a risk and open this space. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's been pretty awesome. It's been like really wild and a lot of fun. Yeah. Tell me about that. I mean, I haven't been there at night yet. So like, I don't really, I don't really know the vibe, but I have oh heard the vibe is a busy. It is vibey <laughs> for sure. Okay. And it is busy. I mean, the first few weekends, we definitely had lines out the door and it was this kind of thing where we <laughs> were like oh yeah i mean truly the parking lot was filled with throngs of people just bodies everywhere dead bodies people who'd murdered other people there to try to get there were no survivors yeah. <laughs> yeah. um no there was this moment i will never forget where I, everyone was on the floor. Like it was all hands on deck. There was not a single person who wasn't moving at lightning speed, like trying to just like get as many people drinks in hands and as possible. And there was this moment where myself and um, someone else who works there, her name is Taylor. We were behind the bar and there were just, there were so many drink tickets. It was very comical like there's there were just like too many pieces of paper and there weren't enough places to stuff them and then there were all these empty wine glasses in front of those drink tickets and we just looked at each other and burst out laughing so it's like there's just no way we can physically fill this many orders in like the uh, the time that it is reasonable to do bit so. of a coyote ugly situation Oh, oh my God, it was yeah. Tr- yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we live coyote ugly on a daily basis. There's dancing on the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, well, I mean, good. Can't fight the moonlight. I still listen to that. That's a if you're if that's not in your rotation, we should actually just, we should add that to our rotation. We should put that on the pop. Yeah. We have a pop girlies playlist. Okay, let that, me know exactly yeah. what time you're gonna play that. I'll show up. You know, like okay, this great. is important <laughs> stuff because I because I run to that sometimes. You know, like it's like oh yeah, you know. <laughs> You can't fight the moonlight, but you can outrun it. You know, that's just like a part of that song that doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> why are there drink tickets? 
Um, not drink tickets like we don't give them out. Like when someone orders a ticket prints from oh, the receipt. Oh, you mean tickets like from a restaurant? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tickets. Gordon yeah. Ramsay. Yeah. Get the tickets out. Exactly. Yeah, this, okay. exactly. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep, yep. Also, another thing that just like strikes me as comical that I'm like excited to see in person when I make it when I make it out there is like. It does almost feel like, in terms of my perception of a wine bar, that like busy, raucous bar <laughs> and wine bar seem like inherently antithetical because of yeah. how people usually drink wine, which is like more of a of a um, I think of a leisurely French like orientation. up, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Spinning. this is this is anything yeah. but truly, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, slamming wine. Truly. Yeah, they're slamming it. They're slamming slamming. it. Yeah. I mean, there was also another thing that happened that first weekend was that we literally ran out of wine. So we (laughs) sold out of all the wine we had ordered for what we thought was going to be, like you're saying, a sort of pleasant, gentle week of people like stirring their wine glass and sipping it uh, leisurely. We sold out of wine on the first night. So then we had to call all of our friends and like people who are in the wine industry, who are importers or distributors on a Saturday and say, literally, what wine do you have in your living room? Right. And they brought it and it was all sort of, it was just this It was like mishmash. But you have different friends than I have. Because number one, a lot of my friends are sober. Number two, if I call my friends and said, bring the wine that's from your living room. Not, oh. like not necessarily not just, like yeah. sellable. No, no, yeah. we, we had, it's pretty epic what people bring from their living rooms. You know, our yeah. friend group is like, yeah, they, they've got great wine there. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on. I want to ask about how you choose what you serve. And I mean, maybe this is part of more like the background you were talking about, but maybe you could talk me through that for a minute. Like, how do you pick? I don't know how anybody like picks a wine that they might serve in their <laughs> Well, wine Emily program. runs the wine program now, so she can totally okay. talk about that. Got it. Um, so, I mean, at first, I, I, again, this is all really new to me. I'm in a really unique position where truly six months ago I was a waitress and now I'm the wine director and choosing wine. I think this is what the Broadway show Waitress is about, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like I've never seen it, but they, it's about owning a, a lesbian bar. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it's not, it should be. That's for sure. (laughs) Right. 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 Um, but so I've had this like very, um, kind of quick and dirty learning curve about the whole business of what it looks like to choose a wine to sell. Um, But now I'm trying to focus on queer 
and female non-binary winemakers. So the list at this moment is entirely made up of winemakers who identify as, um, yeah, female or non-binary and or queer. So like heavily, heavily Brandy Carlisle. Oh, it's just Brandy yeah, yeah. Carlisle's wine. Just- <laughs> yeah. Wait, does she yeah. make wine? She does. Yes. She does. Yeah. Shut uh-huh. up. We have to get it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never actually tried it. I, I wonder if it's any good. I haven't tried it, but I will say that a highlight of my life, and I think I've probably talked about this in the podcast, like, look, I don't remember anything I've ever said out of my mouth. So it mm. seems like probably I've talked about this a hundred times, but maybe mm-hmm. not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> last summer, because I like sort of know her because because I interviewed her on Query a couple times. Yeah, I've we've, listened we've, to those episodes. Yeah, oh, yeah. And because you're a famous stuff. person and all famous people know each other, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Sure. That's what I thought. So she gave me tickets um, to see, like I flew to San Francisco with my wife and we went to see her at the Greek theater in San Francisco, which is like this very cool venue. It's like very um, small and sort of like stacked seating. So you like, there isn't really a bad seat. It feels very like how people would sit if nights were jousting. Like in in Greece. And And they're like this person well i don't did that happen in greek no. well, the, the greek I don't know. theater I could be mixing metaphors i could like but yeah anyway. some sort um, of ancient violence occurred on that stage so, for sure yeah um but the indigo girls were opening for her and we went backstage after the show and everybody in this group i like was talking to brandy the indigo girls came out my wife was standing there and we took a picture together and we're all the same height. Like, it's oh just God. like this hilarious thing of like, this is what they made. Like the gods, like they made yeah. this size. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. The mold. Like, absolutely no yeah. variation. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. But I haven't yet tried her wine, but I'll put it in my living room so you can call me. Okay, great. We'll just call you the next yeah. time you run out of wine. Yeah, or call know. her and have her drop it off for us yeah, and yeah, we can yeah, try yeah, it yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That'll absolutely. work too. Oh my God. Whatever Tour works. bus pulls up outside, whatever. Yeah. Brandy, if you're listening, we'd love to try your wine. Love to try your wine. I'm sure. And please nice. bring the Indigo Girls as well. Yes. Yeah, I think that would go. I mean, it sounds like that's going to maybe be unsafe for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Okay, well, actually, we have, we have tried, we're, we tr- we're desperately trying to get them to come visit, and we have pitched the fact that we have lots of non alcoholic beverages. We're open right. for lunch. Daytime right. is like a low risk situation. It's really right. just a restaurant. Like, definitely come during the day. Yeah, that's some stuff that also I noticed that's important to me, the non-alcoholic beverages, because I do feel like, yeah, I just have so many people in my life who are sober that it's not like mm-hmm. the most fun to um, suggest a bar. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, also the idea that food is served. And then the other thing I just want to mention is, you know, it's hard, I guess, for me anyway, to try to figure out what words to use to describe the space that I mm. want to patronize because it's like, there is a version of a place that where like lesbian and sapphic and like women who love women where that can be non-trans inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been to those spaces. Like the, when I travel a lot, I usually go stop in at bars like this and I haven't seen those spaces, but like, I'm, I know they exist. Um, and can you talk a little bit about like your sort of orientation around that? Cause that's like a very specific issue in our community. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we'll start with that. We are explicitly trans inclusive. Yes. Explicitly. Yes. So. yes. Which I, I know. I think it's an interesting, I mean, 
I always, I, I identify as a lesbian. Um, and I'm always curious because I, I agree with you, Cameron. I think there's this concept that the word lesbian is somehow instantly turfy and it's somehow like has been braided together with that concept of turfiness. And I, I, it's sort of like you were just saying, I, I don't really see it that often, if ever. And I think and I hope that there is a, there's sort of this pathway that I feel like honestly Gen Z is blazing to sort of reclaim the words lesbian and sapphic and women loving women and show by example that it's not necessarily or inherently connected to turfiness. And I hope that what we're doing, like Mara said, just being explicitly trans inclusive, I, I, I think and I hope we're that we're we're also like on that path and helping to make that a reality. Right. I mean I do think it's like, you know, it does feel like it's was for a while like a very, you know, online phenomenon that 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 there was but also like the michigan women's festival existed you know and there are other festivals where i feel like there's it's it's like for sure a part of gatherings but then Mm -hmm. there's something like you know dyke day here in la or like the dyke march in new york where i just think um maybe partially it's like the age of the organizers i don't know Mm -hmm. you know because mm-hmm. I know some of those things have been mm-hmm. like passed down to younger generations versus like I don't know. I mean, do you do you have anything else to say about this topic, Mara? I mean, we have seen we've been really fortunate to not see a lot of like issues with this in the restaurant, but we did when we first opened have an issue with somebody defacing the bathroom with like oh god turf stickers, which was really unfortunate. Fuck. Um, and you know, again, I think I feel really lucky that it's not something that we see in person, but, um, I manage the social media as well. And so I see a little bit more on the internet, right? You know, I think I see it more online than I do in person. Um, Mm -hmm. and we haven't been the target so much, but you know, in the content that we follow and engage with, you can definitely see like, you know. Turfy behavior is unfortunately alive and well on the internet. Um, yeah, but we sure. also do get yeah. questions fielded, you know, on our social media of people asking, "Is this a trans inclusive space?" And even despite you know advertising it as that, people still do check in. So, you know, we're doing our best to make sure people know. Right. Absolutely. I mean, this is something that like that I'm still working out for myself because you know. Do identify as like a gender fluid person, and I have this like one. I have a really close friend who's like a trans mask dude, and um, we had this like really weird realization. We were like on a hike together, and I actually asked him if he wanted to come to the ruby fruit, and he was like, "I don't know how I feel about that." Like he <laughs> said that, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, no good point." I mean, you know. I don't know how you should feel about it either. It was the first time in our friendship that I realized I was like, wait a minute. If we were, we, wait, we go to different bathrooms, don't we? Like we've never like gone to the bathroom at the same time. (laughs) So there's never been like a moment where I've realized that, or like we've gone to, you know, like in like a gender neutral space where there's like one, where there's like a single bathroom. And I was like, oh my God, like we wouldn't, 
we wouldn't go to the same bath. It like blew my mind because I yeah. think of us so much as like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I it mean, like really rocked my world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go ahead, Em. I, I think there's this, I mean, I think that, I mean, the bathroom thing, I, I truly don't think there's enough time for us to talk about, <laughs> for me anyway, to talk about my feelings about um, bathrooms as just like a constantly trans and non-binary exclusive space, which is preposterous because public bathrooms should be just that, like for the public. But so many of my friends and loved ones who are non-binary, um, trans mask, uh, you know, trans femme, find themselves every time it's time to go to the bathroom in public with this quandary of like, do I go to the women's room and get looks or do I go to the men's room and get looks? And so, I don't know, this is like a public service announcement for the importance of gender neutral bathrooms. <laughs> really? I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, know who's listening. listening. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, and I will... I will also say though, like it's so complicated. I mean, just this, just for me, like I don't. I'm only speaking for myself because, also, um, I, I go to these yoga classes where one mm. gets so sweaty that it's like honestly disgusting not to shower mm. afterward. Like it's mm-hmm. like you would ruin your car or the lift <laughs> yeah. that you're getting into. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like yeah, yeah. Some people walk out, <laughs> and I don't understand what they're doing. Like it's like yeah. it's like Where a, are you it's going? like. I, yeah, I'm like, wait, what what happens next? Like, what's going on with maybe I no, it's not even that I sweat more than them. It's like no. we're making different choices and I don't understand theirs. There is this is I feel completely judgmental about this and it's fine. Um but like it, there are um like there's a men's room and a women's locker room. And I think yeah. part of that is like there's so much nudity at this place cuz mm. you have to like peel your fucking clothes off that I do think it's one of those spaces where it's like I have tried to imagine a sort of gender neutral space for showering in this environment and I can't figure it out. And like, mm-hmm. I also, I mean, maybe it's like a single shower zone, yeah. um, you know, which makes a lot of sense, but it's also been growing my self-esteem to like show my body in a space like this, because mm-hmm. that's also something I've done a lot in my life is like hidden my body. And so to like, I had a conversation with an instructor the other day and she was talking to me while she was like getting undressed to get in the shower and then I thought I can also do this and then I I just had an experience where I was like I think this is maybe something some people have been doing for a long time but I was like I will take my sports bra and then we're just talking to each other as if that's fine I don't know anyway this is is a digression I understand yeah there's I know there's a there's a gym called everybody gym and I know that I used to belong there oh did you okay I haven't been there but um I know that they handle their restrooms like with private stalls which is great if you have space for that Um, yeah 100 I mean and it's also but it like I guess again the complexity is like realizing that I for just for me I also don't it's like there is also something for me in not having this be a private experience. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Longer yeah, convo. Right. Yeah. Longer yeah. convo. <laughs> Such um, a long convo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah longer yeah. convo with yeah. maybe also other voices that aren't just mine. Yep. Um, and aren't yeah. just ours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk also about food. Like I want to talk about the, the decision to include like a food menu because that's a, that for a bar. You don't have to. Well, actually, we do have to. Do you? Yeah, we Legally, do. I don't know anything about le- so laws. So we, yeah, we, 
our beer and wine. You're learning so much. You're learning so much. Yeah. Tickets. Um, (laughs) um, I'm like, what are the tickets to? The tickets are (laughs) to Disneyland. It's gay day at Disneyland. That's what you're getting a ticket to. We're well, huge. also, like, I think about drink tickets because, like, when you're a stand-up comic, oh, for, like, yes. the first 10 yeah. years of your yeah. job, yeah. you're, like, it's a getting drink you get paid. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that's where I was, like, oh, my God, like, you're, you're, people buy, people get drink tickets? Like, yeah. this, it's just, <laughs> stuff is wild. Um, um, yeah. But anyway, so keep, keep we, going about food. We, our beer and wine license requires that we do sell food. We're, we're technically, actually, legally, on paper, a restaurant. Um, Got it. We use the word. So is that why, or do bars also have to? No, bars. LA? It depends. There are various kinds of beer and wine licenses and liquor licenses, etc. And Got it. they all cost various different amounts. Interesting. And the one that we um, inherited is a beer and wine license for a restaurant for like a full service eating place. So we actually have to have like full food. So we don't really have an option for that. And you can, you don't have to answer this. Is but like in the scale of the different amounts that things cost, where is a restaurant on that scale? A restaurant is like, you know, between like five and like $8,000, give or take some, depending on like fees, et cetera. And then a full liquor license with like alcohol, vodka, et cetera, and not necessary to serve food is upwards of like 150K. Furthermore, those licenses are not – you can't just, like, go buy one. They are often through lottery. There's a, only a certain amount available. Right, and then right, even right, beyond right. that, there is, like, all this red tape as far as, like, construction and permitting, additional permitting around that. So for us, it's, like, super cost prohibitive because we, we don't have a sugar – a sugar person like you behind us. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. Not yet. Anyway. <laughs> Not <person>. yet. <laughs> Wait, I need another question, which I, which is like, are you talking about a year? Or do you like buy the, like, like does the license just go with the thing? Or is it like you have to re-up it? I don't know anything about You this. have to pay fees yearly. You buy it once and then you pay okay. fee- fees after that. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Boy. I don't know anything about anything. It's a whole situation. Yeah. How long have the two of you been in, like, the restaurant industry? I've been doing this since I was 16 years old, and I am 37 years old. So, What was your job when you were 16? I worked at a farm-to-table restaurant in um, Baltimore for the the family of the (laughs) the president of Afghanistan. (laughs) I worked for the Karzai family. What? Yeah. The fuck? Oh, I was so in over my head. In over my head. talking about? Why were you 16? (laughs) Are you like even allowed to have that job when you're 16? I don't know. I literally don't understand. They didn't know how old I was. My dad, like it was, it was a friend of my dad's opening the restaurant and I was not supposed to be there. They didn't know how old I was and start, until we started doing all these wine tastings and I, I was tasting wine and I had no idea what I was doing. Oh and they're like, <laughs> trying to give me a schedule. And I was like, oh, I have to go to school. They're like, school? I was like, yeah, I'm in 10th grade. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, this is a follow-up. Are you the friend of your dad's that was opening the restaurant? Was it the president? Was it no, the Carzai's? No, the it was the guy dad's? who owned the building. It was the guy who owned the building. Oh, okay. It was like a whole, yeah. Yeah, so dumb. Well, I like Baltimore. Is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm from Baltimore. It's amazing. Yeah. It's great. I don't want to live there, okay. but it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Cool city. Yeah. Um. Okay. So well, I've been doing this a long time. Is not what I thought you were gonna say. Yeah. 
I was I I thought chilies. Oh, you know what God, I mean? I no, thought I, like I, would I never, worked at like a I worked at Dairy Queen. You know what oh, I mean? Cute. I did that. Yeah. DQ. Yeah. Like that's DQ. what I thought. Yeah. DQ. Yeah. yeah. No, I got blasted really quickly into like the restaurant scene in a big way. And I was like, I was a kid and I was just being like, you know, trotted around Baltimore and like I, I shouldn't even be saying this out loud, but like going to bars and like doing all of these horrible things when I was in like yeah, tenth and eleventh grade. And I was like, Oh, this is so much fun. <laughs> And you said, and you were the chef at the previous restaurant. That's what you said. No, no, no. I was not the chef at the previous restaurant. No, no. I was the general manager and the wine director. Right. Right. I was not the chef. Okay. I was General manager, wine director. Correct. Yes. Not the chef. Not the chef. No. Not the chef. (laughs) No. Want to make sure to get that. It was a guy with a rat on It was a guy. He didn't have a rat on his head, but it was a guy. (laughs) It was definitely a guy. It's usually a well, guy. Did you check his head for a rat? You don't. You know, I had never checked under his hat. Yeah. I have yeah. To say. So, yeah, it could have been there. <laughs> Emily, what about you? When did you get into food food service? Um, I mean, similarly to you, I worked at Ben and Jerry's. Uh, no oh rats. no, not similarly to me. This is these are not my jobs. Oh, you didn't. I work have the DQ? weirdly. <laughs> I have weirdly never so. Uh, for somebody who has done like every job, like I've been a nanny, I've been a law clerk, I've uh-huh. done like promotions, I've, you know, like the number of jobs I've had, uh-huh. uh, like tr- went to social work school for one uh-huh. year and then oh, yeah. didn't do that again. You know, like I've uh-huh. had, um, <laughs> even though I was always doing comedy since I was 19, I just didn't know it was a job. So for a long time I had yeah. like other jobs, even though I was yeah. getting paid yeah. that makes to sense. do comedy. It's confusing. Like yeah. for a while I just worked 80 hours a week and I just thought this makes sense. You yeah. know, yeah. so. Yeah. I that's that. My, when you do what you but, love, it doesn't feel like work. And then you're like, oh, I need to get another job, even though you actually could and should just be doing the thing that you love to do. Yeah. Life, life lessons, kids. Yeah. Life lessons. Yeah. And, and um, <laughs> but anyway, for that, type of a person i've never worked food service which oh, i think yeah, is funny. 10 odd, out of 10 given, recommend yeah. trying it given that i've done of it well Listen, i think at this point that ship may have sailed. no i don't know maybe you could do a show where you go around and have to like walk in people's shoes for a day I, everyone should work <gasps> oh, in a restaurant at least once in their life because it is an eye-opening experience as right. far as how to engage with other humans around you right <laughs> that makes well i have yeah. dated folks who worked food service and lived with them um oh man so I'm like so two sorry. exes no <laughs> no like it's for it, sure <laughs> let's see one of them worked at like uh I gotta say it was like a 50s themed like they didn't have to dress like the 50s but they worked at like a 50s themed sort of diner oh, cute. <laughs> and then the other one worked at a at like a fake biker bar like it was like styled well, to be a biker bar but, but no bikers it was like there might have been like one or two bikers passing through, but it was like, <laughs> it was like, you know, I think a lot of biker bars are just like bars that then bikers take over. But this was like trying too hard. People be people being yeah. like, we shall invent a biker bar. You know, so anyway, but I, I would go and hang out at both of those places. Oh, like, that's so sweet. It's always like a nice. long time. And like, you know. Yeah. See, he picked up. He picked up on the lingo. Yeah. For- yeah. Random eye contact and smiles. Uh, oh sure, sure. yeah, and a free drink here <laughs> and there. Yeah, absolutely. But Emily, yeah. what about you? Yeah. You um. Well, I mean, what you're saying resonates with me. I've I lived in New York for um, 15 years, and 
was a musician. I still am a musician. And so I was always like you, I was like doing that always, but then I did like literally every other kind of job on the planet. I think literally the only thing I've never done is retail. Mm. I have also been a (laughs) nanny and um, done events and AV and art handling and personal assistant and yada, yada, yada. But I also always like dipped in and out of working in the service industry. And it's um, hard to leave. It's so fun. It's so fun. And especially if you're, you know, also I will say I, I came to LA in 2020, right before the pandemic, which was a special time <laughs> um, to come to a brand new city. But I feel really lucky to have just slipped into the restaurant world again, because it's the best way to make friends. It's an instant community. Everyone who works, not everyone, but most people who work in restaurants are interesting people because they're always also doing all these other things. Right. Yeah. Most and it's of highly don't make social. That much money. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, right. I know I've always, every time I've found myself in a restaurant community, I'm always immediately surrounded by people who are, um, yeah, like fun and interesting and know how to have a conversation. Cause that's like the number one criteria for the job. Totally. And I know how to have a good time. People in restaurants love to eat and yeah. love to drink I, <laughs> and love to throw parties. Like it's the most fun friends you've ever had. Usually. This is yeah. so funny because why did I say all that? I, this is, I like, <laughs> I work in the service industry. Yeah. Like being a stand-up comic. Oh yeah. Yeah. The First of all, I have to interface with people, but second of all, you work at, you work at bars and clubs you, and theaters. Yeah. Totally. So I'm always in the back zone. Yeah. Like yep. yeah. when you're when you work at a club, you're with the people who are running food and drink, you're with yeah. the bartenders, you're with like all the servers, you're with the mops. Like you're it's like having the mops, mops back like there. Like me yesterday. Very mops. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, you're your service just industry to, adjacent just, for sure. Yeah. If you if you wouldn't mind. Um, I'd actually like to amend what I said by saying that I've been working in the service industry for 20 years. Amazing. Hell instead yeah. of instead of never having. Amazing. Welcome to it. Yeah. Welcome to yeah. it. I'm so glad yeah. you finally admitted it. This is the place yeah. where you can do that. This is definitely a service industry safe space. Yeah. Hi, my name is Cameron, and I work in yeah, the service working, industry. Yeah, for 20 years. I mean, I didn't even think about it like that. I just forgot. I don't know. It's like early yeah. in the morning. I don't know what's going on. Um, Absolutely. But anyway, yes. So I'm I'm familiar with some of that. Well, we are going to wrap like sort of soon, but I wanted to I guess I want to ask like what is your like dream for this place? Like mm. what what are you what's your like big hope in opening it? I mean, right now it's like to keep it open. <laughs> just like yeah, get yeah. to the next say the same thing. month, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I mean, when I think long term, I think of a place like Cubbyhole in New York, or Ginger's, um, or like the Lipstick Lounge in Nashville. I think of these. This is my favorite. Yeah, it's the best, and mm-hmm. I just I dream of. Being open, like Mara said, being open next week, uh, the month after that, hopefully next year. And then in my wildest dreams, we become 
like an institution. We right. exist in in like the annals of lesbian history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, know? this is and again, you don't have to disclose this, but like, how rough is that the 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 idea that you're going to stay open next week or next month? Like, how stressful is that? How close is that to not being true? Like, if you're comfortable disclosing that. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, as Mara said earlier, we don't have a sugar person. <laughs> um, we don't have any investors. It's really just Mara and I. And the cost of running a, a food business, a restaurant, um, a bar, is it gets higher and higher every day. And the margins are very tight. So it's not like we are sitting around and doing like crazy math to try to make things work every single day. But when you sort of look at the big picture, again, the margins are very, very, very tight. So we are, um, we are okay. We're not like scared. We're going to close in any sort of tangible ways right now for any specific reasons. It's just this larger thing of like, Okay, so let's say we have a slow night. Let's say we have a slow week. Then let's say we have a slow month. Then we're scared. You know, we right. sort of we have to meet these pretty consistent numbers that thankfully thus far we have met, but it's up to the it's up to people about whether or not they want to come out and spend money and these days that is a more and more difficult ask because you know, shit's tough right now. <laughs> Money's yeah, is. tight for everyone. Everyone you, I know is, you know. Yeah, it's it is. Are you are you able to pay yourselves right now? We are. We that's good. Yeah, we started paying ourselves at the end of April. We opened in mid February, which I think is actually pretty. Um, I feel good about that in terms of like the. That's a sign that we're doing okay. Yeah. Um, Mara and I know that that would, of course, be the first thing to go if we needed to cut anything. It would just be we would cut our own, our own income. Um, and yet, yeah. I mean, what I will say is that I'm happy you're able to pay yourselves. Like that's, you know, that's so important. Yeah, because um, you're not like you're not a, you're not a saint. Like that's not what this no. is. You're really a person with a job. So no. yeah. And I mean, um, for instance, like two of our employees yesterday called in sick. And so I was on the floor and Mara was working the line and yeah. we were there for, you know, till close. Right. And it's hard work. I think if people don't know that, that would be another thing I would love to impart on everyone is just how physically demanding the work of the service industry is. And I think if Word. Mara and I weren't getting paid, grumpy wouldn't even begin to cover. I mean, <gasps> we wouldn't, we wouldn't be. We wouldn't be like kind to our employees. We wouldn't be good people to be around, I think. Um, yeah. So that's important. Yeah. And you deserve yeah. to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always end every episode with folks um, shouting out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel like you could be who you are today. So would mm-hmm. you like to shout out a queero? You know, I think my queero is, um, I think it's my my sibling, Alex, who you know, I talk a lot with about, you know, sexuality and gender and, you know, they have been really open with me about their, 
personal journey and and I feel very grateful that I have somebody to like you know have discussions with these things about as I am coming into my own sexuality yeah um, and beginning to understand it more and more and you know Alex is the name behind our original concept Big Al Sip and Bite and you know they're really I think somebody that I look to and, and really admire and and um they're my queero like 10 people just came to mind. Um, but honestly, I'm going to go with my gut on this one. Um, I'm going to shout out Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, sweet. Yeah, awesome. Because I love to hear I, that. Oh man. I used to watch the Rosie show, uh, every day after school. And I did not know that I was a lesbian, mm. but I was a 12 year old lesbian. And I was fascinated by her she wasn't even out yet but I knew and if, you know what I mean like I didn't know yeah. I was gay but I knew she was gay and I knew there was something about watching her that made me feel um I want to say like calm and yeah. I had hope I don't know watching her on tv she just had this confidence and and now, like, what an just, like, exemplary member of the community she is, um, that kind of, like, kindness and, um, I don't know, joy is really important for people in the queer community to hold on to. And I think the fact that she just kind of consistently has always been, I don't know. She's Rosie's ever shouted her out before. So I mean, we've been doing the show for like, I don't even know, like a really long time. So good job. Thank Um, you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And the Ruby fruit is in Los Angeles. I will be there. Please go visit if you live here or make a little trip. Yeah. Um, But thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so, so, so much. It was such an honor and a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. Cameron, thank you so, so much for having us. It was really nice to chat with you. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artists-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.